Welcome to the Albany Hunter Stories. Now welcome your host, Jenny Polly, and his lovely wife Tracy. I hear she's a lovely girl. <laughs> Welcome to this edition, which I believe is the 18th, if we count the bonus episode of Hillbilly Horror Stories. Thanks for joining us. I am joined, as usual, with my lovely co-host, my wife, Tracy. Hey, everybody. And if you're unfamiliar with that music that we were playing coming in, that is the theme song to the Amityville Horror. That's from the original movie, uh, which, when you look at the new movie with Ryan Reynolds, it actually puts that one to shame as far as how good it was. But But Ryan Reynolds looks pretty hot, just saying. has nothing to do with what we're talking about. No, sorry. He's a lot like uh, Mark Wahlberg, so he's got to have his shirt off or something. That's so. right. It ain't hurting my feelings, man. We originally had talked about uh, um, doing this one way, but as most of you know, the Amityville house is actually a two-story house. We're going to tell you one story this week and another story next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, babe. Well, we, we originally <laughs> was just going to tell you the the story before the story, which was the, the fails, which if you've watched the movies... You know, it it starts off talking about how Ronald DeFeo killed his whole family. And then it just goes into the Lutz moving in. So we didn't want to do the, the classic Lutz story that everybody's done. That's what's in the movie. We thought we would go kind of before the scenes and tell you about the Ronald DeFeo and what happened with him. Honey, wait, wait. What? Why did the TV uh-huh. just come on? That's... Oh, my God. I swear, the TV just popped on. Let me grab the remote. Oh, my God. Why... Okay, so I guess I'm wondering now, are we causing something to happen? Because I swear on my life that TV just popped on, the remotes are behind us, and I have no clue why that TV just turned yeah, on. Yeah, the remote, we, we actually do the show from our bedroom, and we have a 65-inch TV in our bedroom, and the remote is actually on the bed, and we're nowhere near the bed, and the TV just decided to come on on its own. Hmm. So... I might be rethinking this whole thing well, here. No one, no one, knowing the history and is what we talked about, we'll probably be getting a call in the next day or so some, saying somebody passed away around 7, Oh, 18, God, so. please don't say that. That's but terrible. Hopefully that's not the case. So okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. That just totally freaked me out. So let's get back on track. So we're, what we decided to do, we, we said last week we were going to tell about the DeFales, and we mentioned on our Facebook page. But then we started getting some people say, that's a cool story, but we also like the part where the Lutzes moved in, and yeah. we know what the movie says, but what really happened? What is, what's mm-hmm. some behind-the-scenes stuff, so to speak, that maybe wasn't in the movie or what wasn't true about the movie? So what we decided to do was make this a two-parter. Okay. So tonight, we're going to tell you about the DeFales and everything that happened before the Lutzes moved in, and then next week, we will talk about when the Lutzes moved in. And okay, sounds good. Story. Sounds good. As usual, I like to give a little bit of background. And we're going to talk about the house itself. The house is at 112 Ocean Drive, Amityville, New York. It's right there on Long Island. It's supposed to be kind of a crazy place. Our buddy Anthony, uh, he lives a couple hours from there, but he was talking about it's just a weird place in general. Oh, so no kidding. He lives through, that close? Yeah, he's about, two, he's about two hours away, two and a half hours, and he's got a friend that lives like 30 minutes away oh, from the house. Oh, my gosh. So pretty cool. Yeah. Let's go back a little bit. This is November 13th, 1974. 
and you're going to see this come up in both episodes, but approximately 3.15 in the morning, six members of the DeFeo family were killed. All killed with a 35 Marlin rifle. I want to say that based on the facts and the evidence that Ronnie DeFeo, the 23-year-old son, killed his whole family, he's the one that was charged, he's the one that's in jail for it. That's terrible. The problem is there's a lot of... Um, conspiracy theory stuff kind of kind of floating around this thing and we're going to get into some of that so you can see what's going on so first and foremost this was an italian catholic family that lived in a nice suburb mm-hmm. uh, on the outside everything looking in seemed like the, a great wholesome family you know yeah you got the mom the dad and everybody gets along blah 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 it turns out though not everything was as good as it seemed now this is a family they, they had pretty good money the, they owned a, an auto dealership in town but because of their Italian uh, backgrounds and the way the murders were carried out, some people thought that it might have been a mob hit. Oh, oh, I can see that, yeah. yeah. Okay. So for, for what reason, nobody knows. All we do know is that Ronnie ran into Henry's Bar, which is a bar that he frequented a lot. Mm-hmm. He runs in there and he says, somebody help me. I think my mom and dad has been shot. So he's got... Some of his kids or some of his friends and stuff there, they get in his car and they ride up to the house. And then that's when they go upstairs and they see the whole family shot. Okay, but what what made him think that, though? Well, I mean, I, I guess... I mean, he, did he go home or then come to the bar or what happened? I mean, from all in... It, it depends on who you talk to. And by all intent and purposes, most people assumed he was already at the house. He committed the murder. So that's how he knew. Oh. But as we'll find out later, there's some other theories and stuff that went along with this. Okay. So let's let's get a little bit into the murders. First of all, all of the members were on their stomach. It's kind of an odd. They were all shot. They were they were shot in their stomach. No, they weren't shot in their stomach. No, I mean they were laying on their stomach. Oh, I mean. they, they were shot. shot they were the shot back. in the back. But they, oh, were, okay. they, they were all laying on their stomach. So what supposedly had happened was he shot his parents, Ronald and uh, Louise. Then he went to his younger brother's room, Mark, who was twelve, John, who was nine. Sound like biblical passages. It sure does. <laughs> that makes it even sadder. He went into their room and shot both of them. Then he went to his 13-year-old sister, Allison's room, shot her. Mm-hmm. And then his sister, Dawn, 18 years old, was the last to be shot. And she was by far the most gruesomely killed. Uh, what she do you was mean? She was the only one shot in the head. She was shot in the yeah, head? She was shot in the head so much to the point where they said her head practically exploded. <gasps> so pretty close range. Was he... I wonder if he, well, you can't know that, but I was wondering if he, I mean, why would he shoot everybody in the back and her in the head, or was he just a bad shot at well, the last one? there's a lot that goes into that, because if you talk to everybody around town, as soon as they heard that he was the only survivor, everybody that they talked to assumed that he did it. He had a reputation from being a wild teenager. He just oh. kind of ran around all the yeah. time. He was into drinking. He was mm-hmm. into drugs. He's, he was into heroin. But why would he do such a thing? Yeah, it's awful. Well, when you start talking to people, it turns out that... Dad wouldn't, what everybody thought from the outside. He was a very violent guy. Mm-hmm. He used to beat on his wife. Oh. He used to beat on Ronnie and the kids. But it seemed like Ronnie kind of took the, 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 the brunt of it. it. Yeah, he was the he was the one that that Dad always seemed to have it in for. And and that's his oldest, his first kid. Yeah. Why would he be like that? Not a clue. The problem was, I guess because of all this retaliation and being the rebelness, Ronnie became this super wild teenager. Mm-hmm. So they started giving him everything and anything. Just they were giving him money and whatever he wanted, thinking that would fix stuff. And it oh, did. you mean just to keep him 
at peace satisfied. or satisfied or something like that. And but then all he was doing was spending the money on drugs. See, and booze you can't and, buy love. I tell you. No, you can't. You know, so you can't do any of that stuff. And and, and think it's going to work. You can't just yeah. give your kids everything. At that, that's not a way to solve problems. No, not at all. So the problem was, his friends were even saying they were afraid to come to his house because of the dad. They oh, were afraid. They were afraid of his dad because they had seen him beat his wife right in front of them. Oh, jeez. So he didn't even really try no, he to hide it. He, he just did it. it. Didn't try to hide it at all. Well, what a jerk. Now's when you start getting into the confusing stuff. So the police, they, they interviewed a couple of people. They ruled out a mob hit. And then after talking to Ronnie and him asking how quick he could collect on his father's insurance money. Well, duh. They kind of uh, made him the main suspect. They interviewed him. He kept saying all kinds. I didn't do it. He claimed his innocence. He said he thought it was a mob hit and kept going after several hours. He finally confessed and said, I did it. Well, what do you got to run your mouth for? I mean, if you're going to do something, quit being stupid about it. Well, he says that he fell asleep. He was he took some drugs. He fell asleep watching a war movie. He said when he woke up, a demon, a hooded demon with black hands handed him the rifle. Really? Yeah. And like I said, this was approximately three fifteen. And he says he went upstairs and, and but this is this is the funny part. He says at that point I went upstairs and committed the murder. Not murders, the murder. Oh. And where this is gonna tie in is to, to some of the conspiracy theories is some people seem to think that his oldest sister, Dawn, might have committed some of the murders. And to this day, they really don't know what happened. Yeah, well, but, I mean, how can they prove it? Seriously? But his yeah. sister, Dawn, supposedly was seen by some people with a rifle uh, down the street, down by the river, where the where the rifle was actually found. Well, that's weird. Yeah, and, and there's just all kinds of weird stuff because of the story. First of all, you've got six different people shot there was nine gunshots fired this is a 35 marlin rifle this is a a rifle that could be here when, when they done the ballistics test you could hear this shot five blocks down the road well so then if they used that rifle i mean what i would think that would wake the other people up in the room that's the whole thing you he went to basically four different rooms he shot nine different shots not a neighbor heard a gunshot Nobody in the house heard a Nobody gunshot. in the house heard a gunshot. Nobody had appeared to even get up and try to move from their spots. Now, the autopsy reports showed that the bodies had been kind of moved a little bit, but not from the... They were shot in the beds, but they were like turned to their stomachs. So the people weren't all laying on their stomachs sleeping when they got shot. They were turned to their stomachs. Mm-hmm. For what reason, nobody knows. And when it comes down to the fact of... of Nobody hearing the gunshot. When they found the gun, there was no kind of silence or anything on it. So they started thinking, well, maybe there was more than one person who mm-hmm. done this. That and, had a silencer or yeah, something. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. maybe there, because how could all these people be shot and nobody wake up and hear anything to be able to do anything? Because they were all shot in their bed, so nobody made any attempt. Oh, yeah, I'd be getting the hell up out of there. I mean, come on now. Yeah, so it's just kind of a confusing setup. So then you go back to the sister thing. There's a lot of people that said he was abnormally close to his sister, Don. Um, they didn't. They didn't want to say incest, but oh, that abnormal. They, yeah, they, yeah. They thought that it could have been something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the some of the speculation was that maybe she killed. They had plotted against the parents, and maybe she killed the parents, uh, and then he killed her. Or she, nobody. Nobody knows what really happened. And then somewhere down the road, we'll talk about it in a little bit. But he's changed his story. Ronnie DeFeo has changed his story I don't know how many times. Oh, my gosh. He's always admitted to doing something. But yeah, he but keeps changing to, how, to what level or degree. 
he gets so he gets arrested. He gets an attorney, William Weber, decided that he was going to plead insanity on behalf of Ronnie, and considering some of the stories he was telling, it really probably wasn't that far fetched. Yeah. Now, one of the things that he had going in his favor. Uh, and I wouldn't really say going in his favor because he was still charged with the murders regardless, but if you wanted to look for the conspiracy theory to say somebody else was involved, the police did find that when they examined Don's body that she had uh, unfired gunpowder residue on her, which means that she either fired a gun yeah. or she was extremely close to a gun that was fired, not necessarily on the end. Now, like I said, Ronnie's changed his, his decision or his, his uh, story over and over and over over the years. Well, I said over a whole lot. You, you did, but you didn't say so. I've said that a whole lot this way too. Oh, <laughs> but if you if you look at uh, at the the oh, but let's go jump back to this. So he pleaded insanity, but the jury found him capable of standing trial, and they gave him six life sentences. Okay, so they sentences. okay, yeah, so, they they saw through it and just said, "Look, you're yeah, you're an yeah, idiot. And you're an idiot." Yeah. So, like I said, the the one theory. Let's go back to the, I said we talked about this a little more ago. One of the theory was that Ronnie and Don conspired uh, to kill the parents, and she killed the parents and then decided to kill the kids because Ronnie was out of it. Remember, he said he was watching a war movie. Yeah. He was high on drugs. He's watching a war movie. He woke up and said a demon handed him a gun. Yeah. So if he was to the point to where he couldn't do it and she just took matters into her own hands and went up there and killed the whole family, and then he got up and was pissed and yeah, went Yeah, realized what she did. Realized what she did, and that's why he was so pissed and shot her in the head. That's why, why it could have been so violent. That's one of the theories. Well, that uh, makes sense. Now, when you start talking about as he changed the stories in 2000, there was a guy who wrote a book called The Night That the Fails Died. And uh, his name escapes me. And uh, so I won't get it wrong. I'll just say he wrote the book. There you go. So at this point in time, he tells him that Don actually was supposed to, he killed the parents. And Don killed the kids because they didn't want them to be a witness. Right. And, and they were doing this because there it was a big fight uh, between you know, Ronald and his dad, and they just decided enough's enough. Him and his affair sister that he was, you know, having an affair with just decided that it's we're going to end this. So they decided to kill the parents and then turn right around, and she killed the kids so they wouldn't be witnesses. He was pissed off because she did that and then shot her in the head. Mm. I mean, his story has changed so many different times. Nobody yeah. knows what's true, what's not true. All we know is that he had a gun at one point in time. But it still brings up to light how in the world... Can all these shots be fired without there being... No, that absolutely makes no sense to me. Now, one of the times when he changed the story, he said it was him, his sister, and two friends that came in there and committed the murders. So, I mean, once again, another different story. Now, that would make more sense. Okay, but, that's... But well, they were still all killed with the same the same ammunition, and it yeah. all matched the ammunition that was in his bedroom. And it's still loud. Yeah, still loud. And why wouldn't a dog bark? The dog barked, and that's the only thing people heard. Oh, well, that, I'm surprised he didn't kill the dang dog. I should have shot the dog. Oh, It was a mixed breed. <laughs> That's no yeah, stop I don't, it. I don't know what kind of dog it was. <laughs> no killing at all. That's pretty much the, the you know, story in a nutshell of, of the DeFeos. Now, Ronnie had said on several occasions that he heard voices, and he flat up in his quote said the devil made him do it. Now, when you know as much about this house as what happens in the future with the Lutzes, and like I said, the 315, if you remember anything about the movie, if you read the book or if you read any biographies, 
George Lutz claims that he wakes up on a regular basis almost every night at 3.15, and he goes to the boathouse and checks the boathouse for whatever reason. I don't know what the boathouse has to do with any of this, but he wakes up at 3.15 every night, which is when these murders occurred. And he really didn't know anything about any details about the case to know the 3.15. So if he had went and done 3.16, he could have been like Evan Almighty and built an ark. And it would have turned out a lot better. But no, he had to wake up a minute earlier and screw it all up. Do I have to turn your microphone off? Oh, well, I was just proving a point. Bad versus evil. All he had to do was wait one more minute. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm trying to look at the good side, which really there's not a good side. You know I'm not a big John Goodman fan. Oh, well. Anyways, now that you're on my bad side. Sorry. Ninja agrees with me. Ninja is chiming in on the whole thing. He's pissed that I said they should have shot the dog. See? See, he knows. He don't shut up, though. We want shot in this house. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I I would never shoot that dog. Anyways, so that's the story for this week. We do have a couple little shout-outs and stuff we want to give to some people, and then we'll give you a little preview next week. So our first shout-out goes to Ron Tuttle in Kentucky. Thanks for listening, Ron. We appreciate it. Thank you, Ron. We also have Wanda Robbins-Weaver from Georgia, and she's been listening from the very beginning. We thank you very much, Wanda. Actually, shes uh, I know for a fact she's bought a Hillbilly Horror Stories t-shirt because she sent me a message and said she bought one. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much, honey. Rebecca Jones, also in Kentucky. Yup, yup. And to continue this one, I'm going to mispronounce all these names, not purposely, but I just... <laughs> these, these are some of our foreign listeners that just recently started listening. I'm going to try this. Afia Neina from Bangladesh. Vikatesh Vinkat from India. And Davin Thai from Cambodia. Man, that is just amazing to me. You guys rock, I swear. I just We really appreciate you all listening. And again, like we've said before, please give us some feedback. You know, if we need to change something up or if you all want to hear something different, we would love to hear what you guys have to say about it. We truly do love you all and, and really appreciate you listening to the show. Yeah, and it'd be cool if you could send us some ghost stories because uh, I can honestly say I've never heard a Cambodian ghost story. Yeah, that would be cool. Do that. And there would probably be a lot of Cambodian stories, too, because that's right there by Vietnam and all the Vietnam War and the Cambodian yeah. Wars and all that. There probably is some, uh, much like the Gettysburg around here, there yeah. probably is all kinds of stories with as much death as happened in the killing fields of Cambodia. Yeah. I mean, we look so, I mean, we get excited when it comes to Sunday because, you know, we hope to hear from you guys. And it's just amazing to see where we're getting all these listeners from. So, um, again, just give us a shout-out back and tell us if you all want us to uh, talk about something, a story that you would like to hear about. We'd be glad to research it for you and uh, tell you all about it while we can anyway. Yeah, we we appreciate it. And we appreciate you giving us some feedback on some other stuff, too. Uh, Pam Nolan Wilson, she listens to the show, but she had sent me some messages actually wanting me to come out and kind of look at her house in, uh, in Kentucky because she sees black shadows, she sees a, a mist in her house, and she says she always feels like somebody's watching her. Like you can, she can see things peeking from outside into the windows, and just like shadows peeking from outside, and feels like she's watching her. So she was kind of concerned about some of the occurrences. So yeah, you know, there there are people out there that had these things. Now, unfortunately, that's not our area of expertise. It's funny that we we get a couple of requests 
from from uh, Craigslist and from Facebook and whatever, asking you know what we think about this and what we think about that. And and like I said, I've been on some investigations, but never like leading or what have you. I, I don't have any equipment uh, yet. I'm getting some equipment for Christmas, so maybe we'll start diving in that in the future. It might make the show a little bit better. Well, I'd like to investigate why our TV came on <laughs> because that's really creeping me out a little bit. My guess is we'll know about that pretty soon. Oh, I don't want to hear that. But the, um, you know, like I said, it's cool that people think that we can, you know, they want our opinion on stuff, but I don't know that I've got an expert opinion just because we talk about some of this stuff. But, you know, I, I, I liked at least hearing the people and they, they put their trust in us. It's it's kind of cool when you get a letter just saying, hey, I've, I experienced this and I experienced that. Oh, what do you, man, what do you think awesome. it means? And Yeah, that's that's really great. We love to hear all your all stories because, you know, I mean, I can't, you know, there's so many things out in this world that we don't know about and would love to find out more about, so. And we'd also kind of like to get some feedback. There, there's some shows that I want to do, but I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to say I'm scared to do them, <laughs> but I'm a little apprehensive to do them uh, because. He's scared. Yeah, well, <laughs> I want to do one on um, the Scottish, uh, the Scottish uh, Masonics. And the Masons, the Freemasons out there, they kind of get really touchy about the situation. Everybody knows it's a secret society, but there's a lot of there's a lot of Freemasons that have come forward and, and almost claim that it's a, it's basically a secret society of Satan worshippers. Uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of talk about it just being uh, worshiping not only Satan but like Egyptian gods and what have you. Sort of like the whole Aleister Crowley thing when he talked to his his uh, what was it his guardian angel yeah. Horus had put him in touch with his guardian angel and Horus is one of the four or five uh, Egyptian gods that if you listen to some people out there we just watched a special tonight on the history channel talking about the moon landing and they were talking about um, you know the original astronauts how they were Freemasons and that they were doing rituals uh, of like a communion type ritual before they even got out and they think that the whole point of landing on the moon was uh, some type of ancient uh, alien technology that was left there that we were just trying to get it had nothing to do with just landing on the moon who knows honey that's all that conspiracy theory stuff but it is kind of cool to get into maybe we can get into some subjects like that at a, at a certain time but i would like to get into one on the freemasons at some point but like I said, that, that kind of rubs people the wrong way, and I don't know how it would be taken. But if you've got an opinion on it, send us a message on Facebook and just let us know should, is that something you're interested in hearing about. Because trust me, until I started learning more about it, it is completely fascinating. And if you know any Masons, you know they are really good about keeping secrets. And that's what this whole thing's about. It's, it's, there's, if you've ever been to a funeral of somebody that's a Freemason, it's amazing how many Freemasons come and they all tend to walk to the casket and kind of whisper stuff. And it's just kind of a unique situation. So I was fascinated to learn about it. And I felt like that the people that came forward um, knew enough about it to where I could trust what they were saying as far as in some of the videos and, and, uh, and text that I've read. So that's something we'll probably do in the future. I know we're going to be doing one on the Bell Witch uh, coming up. Our Christmas episode... The- is- but the what are we doing it on? The Bell Witch. Oh, I thought you meant the Blair Witch. No. I was going to be like, do I have to have snot running out my nose and all that stuff? <laughs> no. <laughs> Our Christmas episode, and we're going to release this Christmas night, is going to be on Krampus. And some of you out there will know who Krampus is, and some of you won't. But Krampus is kind of like the uh, opposite of Santa Claus. Santa Claus gives toys to the kids that are good, and Krampus punishes the kids who aren't. 
Which that's that's my kind of Santa Claus because all these little badass kids they don't all need to get just get toys anyway and just get yeah, told. Yeah, I agree. I love Santa Claus, by the way. So that's what we're gonna do next week's show, part two of the Amityville Horror. So we're gonna talk about the Lutzes and everything going on. It'll be a little bit longer show because there's a whole lot more to get into. But I wanted to do this one first just because most people haven't heard this side of the story. So I thought it would be kind of cool. Another new feature we're gonna add. If I can remember to do it, we were supposed to add it last week. And so I want to kind of try to add a joke of the day to end the podcast, just to kind of leave everybody on a funny note. we got people to actually tell us they listen to the podcast at night, and then they can't go to sleep because they're scared. Or uh, we had uh, somebody telling us today that they had a dream, and it featured me and Tracy and her, and we were running around, and, and uh, Mr. Crowley kept playing in the background and all this stuff. So it's pretty cool that, that we can have an effect on people. But I figured maybe if we end it with a joke that it might uh, be a little more fun to end on. So here's the first joke that we're going to do this week. So this guy, he's driving down down the road in his car with his 13-year-old daughter. He doesn't know this, but in front of him, there's a couple that are arguing, right? Well, the woman reaches over, she grabs the guy's man thing, and she cuts it off, and she throws it out the window. That would be a tallywhacker. Well, it bounces off of the guy's windshield from him and his daughter. And she's like, oh, my God, Daddy, what's that? Well, he don't want to get into this with his you know, 13-year-old daughter. So he says, oh, it was a bug, darling. And she said, wow, it sure had a big-ass dick. <laughs> so that, that ends this episode. We don't have a rim shot, unfortunately. Yeah. So that ends this episode. We will thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next week. See you guys. They would like to thank you folks for kindly dropping in. You're all invited back next week to this locality to have a heaping helping of their hospitality. Hillbilly, that is. Y'all come back now, dear.